Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jance, and my guest today is David Matson. He is the CEO and a partner at Sandler Systems, Inc. Uh, Sandler Training is quite possibly the leading sales and management training company in North America with uh, 250 partner franchise offices throughout North America and beyond. So, David, thanks for joining me. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Sandler is, um, uh, without doing the entire history, of course, but uh, I, I think David started sort of uh, developing this in the 50s, 60s, 70s, right? He did. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, been around for a while. Um, uh, continue to train lots and lots of sales folks. Uh, I guess today, what I, I hear this, you know, quite a bit from from people that, uh, you know, any change means, you know, we've got to we've got to change our ways of doing things and change, you know, in business. And obviously, we've gone through a lot. Of, I think some pretty rapid changes the last few years. But uh, you know, what are you seeing? Because I, I know you, you know, you talk to lots of CEOs, lots of sales managers. I mean, what are, what are they telling you? You know, that has changed or that that now is sort of befuddling them. You know, John, you're right. I mean, being a training organization worldwide, we do about 84,000 hours of training. So think about how many times we're in front of sales forces, we're in front of sales managers, we're in front of CEOs. And, and what we see is there's a pattern, because if you think about what's gone on globally, certainly from the economic standpoint, is that companies have gone through what I'm going to call that lean approach, right? They've stripped every portion of an organization. They've taken every nickel possible out of the waste category. And that happened in manufacturing years ago. Certainly companies have done that now, and they've, whatever we're going to call it, downsize, right size, whatever the term is. And now they've also focused that same mentality to the sales group, which has never, ever been done. Because most organizations kind of look at sales as an art form versus a science. And for the first time, which Sandler's a huge proponent of, it is a science. I mean, salespeople certainly aren't born. They're made, you know. Right. So, you know, what are some of the trends? And as they looked at a science, here's some of the big things that I hear people talking about every single meeting that I'm in. One is, how do I help this middle group? And I call it the movable middle. If you think about any organization, you've got the top 20%, let's say, you've got the bottom 20%. You've right. got this middle 60%, which most people haven't spent a lot of time on. I mean, John, they, they forget the top because no one wants to mess with them. They go down and spend an exorbitant amount of time with the bottom 20. But really, if they could move that movable middle, that 60%, by 10 points, 15 points, think about the revenue that would be generated. So how do we do that? And that is a huge um, focus of most companies. The other one I find is how do I create bench strength? You know, over the last two or three years, either my management bench bench strength or all of my sales group, you know, they've either we've moved on or we've changed. I mean, the market has changed and how we go to selling has changed. So how do I create a bench strength? Because bringing people from the outside is certainly an option but I would like to start to build that internal strength and bench. I think the other one is, you know, they're really focused on, as they always have been, but really seriously now, how how do we get more products and services per customer? And how do we go deep and wide with our, you know, our relationships, which then goes to the fourth big one and the last one that I see all the time, which is, a team sell situation. You know, if we're going to go deep and wide, we're going to have multiple products and services per customer. 
you know, we've got different groups within the organization or our partner organizations selling into our customer, and we really have to be on the same page. And you've always heard, hey, how do you get sales and marketing on the same page? How do you get sales and engineering on the same page? And that's a real issue because you have to, you know, have a common language, common approach in order to be a seamless transition when you're in front of that potential customer, and, and that's a real issue. Well, and and you know, one of the things, of course, I hear a ton is is that you know we've we as a society have gotten really uh, a lot better at blocking out <laughs> yeah. unwanted messages, uh, unwanted or at least what we think are possibly unwanted sales calls. Um, you know, the 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 TiVos and the do not call lists and the, you know all those tools that we've developed. I mean, that's the one challenge that I keep hearing from people is, gosh, it's 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 harder just to even get heard now. Um, and what, what are you seeing or what do you, um, you know, what changes are people making, uh, to, to deal with that? I think that's, that's certainly true. It's much harder to get in. And I, and I think it's compounded by the fact that we may be leaning too much on technology and kind of forgotten the fact that you actually have to do the work. Right. Right. And, and what I mean by that is I'll always ask for people's recipe for success or at Sandler, we call it a cookbook. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask somebody, how many new conversations do you need every week or every month in order for you to hit your numbers? And you would be surprised. It's less than 5% of the people can tell you that number. Mm-hmm. And so if you peel back the onion, yeah, it's a lot harder but we also don't have a plan for us to say, I've got to create a prospecting plan for me to go and find ways to talk to people that may be different from two years ago. I know for us, as an example, our number one way to find new people used to be what we call an executive briefing, where we sent out invitations and people would come to a 90-minute program and say, wow, this is really good. I learned a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. I'd like to find more about Sandler. Well, getting people to those programs is a lot harder, to your point, than it was three to five years ago, right? right, right. So now they're they're using relationships or using social media a lot differently than they ever had in the past. And it's just, uh, it takes a different skill set. But at the end of the day, you still have to be proactive in those activities, John. Yeah, and one of the things that I think, and and when you tell this people, you can kind of see them wrestling with it in their head, and then the light bulb comes on, and they go, you know, you're right. I mean, it's still networking. I mean, it's, you know, we maybe do it now by meeting somebody at a chamber event and then connecting with them on LinkedIn and then having a couple conversations about, you know, what, what, you know, they did to, you know, to, to solve a problem, and then finally maybe we get to a sales uh, presentation of some sort. And, and I think that that's the part that so many people miss is that what what has always worked hasn't changed. Maybe how we're no. approaching it is changing. That's right. I think the prospect has so many more tools now to find out more about you, as we do as salespeople have more tools to figure out who our prospect is. And, and quite frankly, we should really be leveraging those and talking intelligently versus the blind cold call because you're right, people are really guarded. Um, they have more to do at work than they ever had in their past. So to spend an hour with somebody not really knowing the agenda is not something that happens often, you know, like it used to, for sure. Well, and and the the beauty of some of these new online tools, it, at least if people uh, master how to use them, is I, I think that while it may be harder to get to people, you can actually know more about people, right. I think, than we ever used to. Um, and, and shame on you if, if you ever go on a call uh, without knowing a great deal about the prospect anymore. That's absolutely true. I mean, how are you going to develop those what we are going to call pain questions or how do you leverage even your own network and experience? And, you know, I think the biggest 
asset that salespeople have is they have the ability to go and size up a situation and kind of react to it. But that's also the greatest deficit as well, right? Yeah, right. They, they go and wing it because they think they're, I've got 25 years of experience. I can wing it. That's, you know, I know so much. But I got to tell you, that's less and less true. It should have never been true, but it's certainly you're far more exposed these days than you have been in the past. Well, and, and you know, the flip side of that, it's easy for us to know um, more about a prospect. The flip side of that, that I think probably ought to scare some salespeople to death, is that it's very likely your prospect now knows more about your product or service than you do. Oh, <laughs> how many how many times have we all walked into a meeting? They have a folder over there that you can clearly see because one of the skills that we have as salespeople is we can write and read upside down, right? right. And you see that all your competitors are listed out. They've got a chart, pros and cons, <laughs> right. and you're like, how does this happen? I haven't even opened my mouth yet. Exactly. But there's a ton of information, and you know, and they're armed and dangerous, and we have to we have to understand that. We have to be you know react to it appropriately. Now, um, the basis of the Sandler training uh, really kind of came through this this um, psychological study of, uh, uh, make sure I get the word right, I know everybody calls it TA, transactional uh, analysis. Is that, that theory uh, still really hold true as kind of the basis for uh, the Sandler system? Well, I think it's certainly an under underpinning. We've got quite a few different foundations. I think that, yeah, you certainly have to understand all the things that are going on in your head because if you look at success and we have something called the success triangle I think people have to really focus on attitude behavior and technique most salespeople as a profession and leaders we're always for the technique give me the words right. give me the move give me the script what's and the close yeah. yeah of course <laughs> you know you try to memorize it and then you realize the prospect doesn't have the same script so that didn't exactly work you know <laughs> and even though I know what to say doesn't mean I'm going to say it right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I know in dieting I know not to eat that that doesn't really matter so if you focus on the attitudes and the behaviors and that's real really where I think we excel is to say, yeah, here's the move, and here's how you need to behave properly in order to be successful, and then here's how you need to think differently. And I think that's true in everything that you do. I think the other thing that separates us is the reinforcement, you know, because you can't get fixed in one day, right? Right, right. And there's so many things that we have to do as professionals that today I may be focusing on account development, I may be focusing on presentation skills, but I focus it on those topics when it's important to me, John. And see, that's the, that's the thing. So if you can continually get reinforced, uh, then I think that that's the path. I mean, I've got five children. They certainly didn't go to school for one day, right? They've gone over time. And so that's kind of been, been our approach. But always through the reinforcement, it's attitude, behavior, and technique. And I think the other thing that really separates us is that we go in with a completely different mindset. First of all, most salespeople have happy ears, right? Mm. And they kind of show up and throw up all that product knowledge and do those things. In traditional sales models, the presentation stage, whatever they would call it, tends to be in the front of the model. At Sandler, it's actually at the very back of the model. So we're going to go in and certainly, yes, do bonding and rapport. We're going to set some agendas. I think most sales calls don't have an agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, We don't mm-hmm. truly mm-hmm. tell the prospect what we're trying to achieve. We never really ask them what are the two or three things they want to know before the end of the meeting. So, And then what are we going to decide on? So we have some agenda skills that we teach. But we're going after, you know, are they willing and able? So, you know, do they have pain? Do they have budget? Do they have decision? And then based on their issues, let's create a presentation, which we call fulfillment, that matches their needs, not 
we just show up and throw up our product knowledge. And by any, you know, in any stage, if the prospects look like their problems aren't things that we can solve or they don't have the ability to do that, then we don't really have to go to the presentation stage. Well, in and fact, that really I th- changes it. I, I, I think Sandler's sort of famous for the get to the no quickly, right? Exactly. That is our whole thing, right? <laughs> yeah, and and I think that if you know, personally, if you know, if thinking about my history of you know all the sales presentations I've made in you know twenty some years of making of owning my business, you know, once you come to that realization, uh, you, you know, you 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 know, you're almost thankful to you know to not have being you know the worst thing. The worst words I can hear is, well, give me a proposal. <laughs> yeah, let me think it over, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and, and, in fact, uh, um, uh, you, I, I know Sandler initially put some of these things out, and I think you were actually instrumental in, in sort of documenting the, the rules, uh, if you will, that, that Sandler's built on. Uh, uh, and there are a couple of them that I think are, you know, that, that many people uh, are probably – Maybe even if they didn't know it came from Sandler, they've heard somebody say, you know, things like uh, answer every question with a question. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, think about that. I mean, how many times have somebody said a statement that we thought was a question right. and it really was not? Like, hey, your, your price is too high. Well, that's not actually even a question, yeah. right? Yeah. You know? And we kind of just jump in, jump in to defend, 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 or clarify, clarify, clarify. So I think Sandler has always said, become a psychologist. If you know, what do psychologists do? They really ask a series of questions. And I believe that the series of questions creates credibility, creates clarity. And for the first time, what you're going to see is the light bulbs go on with your prospect because they have an opportunity to talk things through, which they have never done before. And they start connecting the dots. And you get credit for that as a salesperson because you're the one who facilitated that. And if you're going to answer a question, you know, Sandler would always say, answer the right question. Right. So you're right. Yeah, and I think there's so many times when, you know, we're just interpreting and, you know, you, you can interpret wrong and end the sale, right? Absolutely. Go down completely the wrong path. And um, another one I love, uh, if I can throw a couple out, uh, sure. never help the prospect end the interview. Another great one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's true, right? At the, at the end of the day, how many times have we done that? I mean, Sandler used to always say, you know, you know it's over when you hear the click on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, with the prospect tells you it's over. But I think sometimes salespeople get uncomfortable and they say, well, why don't you think that over? Or let's set up mm-hmm, another time mm-hmm. to talk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always feel, and I certainly got this from Sandler, is the time to sell and the time to have that two-way communication is face-to-face, you know, person-to-person. And don't bail out. And I think most of the times we bail out when if you just let it happen, then it'll work. And I, I've always, the best line that I ever learned from Sandler was, based on where we are, it may not make sense for us to move forward. It it may even be over. And just be quiet, because if your prospect agrees, they'll be happy to tell you. But when you tell a prospect there may not be a fit, you'll find that they tend to defend. Wait a minute now. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. (laughs) Well, I'm not good enough for you? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's very subtle. We call it, you know, but it's the pendulum. But if you go negative slightly, they don't like that. And they'll say, wait a minute now. It's yeah. it's counterintuitive, but very powerful. But I think I, I think that's a little bit because you know how how many people who are across the desk you know feel like their job is to defend, defend, defend. You know, you're going to try to sell me something I don't need or that I know I won't use because of my past history, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that we have that shield up, and I think that that probably uh, has a, a great deal of impact of sort of bringing that shield down. Oh wait, you're actually you're actually willing to walk away. Maybe yeah. maybe I should think differently about this. Well, how powerful is it, John, in the first couple minutes of the call to just say, you know, I know we have 45 minutes together. 
over the next hour or so, why don't we decide and ask each other enough questions for us to decide if it makes any sense for us to even have another meeting, yep. you know? And if it doesn't, we should feel free to say that. And you should see the people's reaction when you say that in the first couple of minutes. They're like, wow. You know, yeah. <laughs> I no. thought you were supposed to dim the lights, do the 700 <laughs> PowerPoint presentation. And, you know, it's just you've leveled the playing field on both sides, but you've also lowered the defense mechanisms because think about how hard it is for all the people who listen is you've got to go in in a very short amount of time is to create an environment of trust mm -hmm. and people have conviction and confidence that you've heard them, you understood, and you have a solution. That's a hard thing to do in the amount of time prospects give us. Well, and I will say one other key is, I mean, you can read all these scripts you want and practice all these tricks, but I mean, the real key is you have to actually absolutely positively mean it. And and that that's the part that I think every now and then you know people fail um, because you know if if you if you truly are going and saying hey I'm going to make ten calls today and and I hope you know six of them uh, send me out the door pretty quickly so I can focus on the uh, you know the four where we have a fit um, as opposed to you know the uh, the opposite of let's see who I can sell today. Now, I used to count how many no's. I'm looking yeah. for 22 no's today. Yeah. You know, and I would always turn the negative into a positive. But I also believe what you said is 100% accurate. I think our own beliefs dictate our outcome. You know, we have positive and negative self-talk. Think about how productive you are on a call after you've made a big, a, a big sale. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're unstoppable. Mm -hmm. At the same time, when you think it's going horribly wrong, it doesn't get much better. It's kind of like golf, right? Yeah. If you say, don't hit the water, don't hit the water, don't hit Oh, look what I did. I hit the water. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have, uh, I, I know uh, one of the tools that, that you offer to folks, and, and uh, when we were talking off uh, call, you, you offered to offer it to my folks, um, and that is the, the kind of executive briefings and, and where somebody could actually come in and get a taste of one of your you know professionals' uh you know, talking about the very uh, various tools that you offer, or not just the tools you offer, but just the um, the, the approach in, in great detail. Is that uh, something that, how would somebody acquire that? Yeah, if they went to, to sandler.com, they can type in wherever they're located. We have 250 training centers, and I'm, I'm guessing there's one nearby them. But all you have to do is call and say, hey, I heard Dave Matson and, and he invited me in. That's all it'll take. But what they'll be able to do is go in and listen to a three-hour program. And they'll, they can pick the topic, whatever is exciting to them. And at the end of the day, really, the value is they're going to leave with stuff they can implement tomorrow because it's not a commercial. And they'll have to decide whether that, that makes sense and it makes sense for them to talk or not. But at the end of the day, they'll leave with great information. And certainly, as my, they can all go as my guest, John. Well, great. I appreciate that. And I've actually, there's a couple, I'm in Kansas City, Missouri, and uh, uh, Rich Brooks uh, yep. is here, who I'm sh sure you are quite familiar with. Uh, I know you have a couple others here, but I, I've I've bumped into Rich uh, out there before, and, uh, you know, he's a great, uh, uh, great person and has a great business. They do, and I think, you know, at the end of the day, what separates us, and if you've ever been in a class, you'll know what I'm saying is true. You know, I th we have never taken trainers and turned them into great salespeople. We at Sandler have always found great leaders, great salespeople, and turned them into fantastic trainers. So when they have credibility in front of the room, if somebody says, here's how you close, and somebody says, well, let me role play with you, Sandler trainer, they'll say, mm -hmm. great, you play prospect, I'll play salesperson, let's go. Mm -hmm. And that is so powerful when somebody can see it and then imitate it later, 
and they know that the person is giving them that information. John does it every day. I mean, yeah. it, that is such, you know, a breath of fresh air. Well, we have exhausted our time, Dave. I appreciate you uh, uh, taking time out of your busy schedule. I know those 250 folks probably keep you busy. Uh, those 250 <laughs> offices probably keep you busy around uh, uh, North America and the world. And uh, I appreciate you taking the time to share what's uh, what's new and what's coming and what's changing in the in the ever important world of sales. Well, John, thanks for having us. I know that, as you said, a lot of our offices are working with your your group, and it's a heck of an organization. Look forward to a, a great relationship. Thanks so much. Thanks, John. Take care. Bye-bye.